0: About this movie, Newsweek critic David Anson says, I've rarely laughed so much at a movie I generally disliked. Dwayne Burge of The Hollywood Reporter says, This comedy's warm and soothing nature will give mainstream audiences in these dysfunctional family times a perfect holiday uplift. And Letterboxd user Kanye asks, What did Marriage Story give us that this movie didn't? On this episode of Ruin Childhoods, we decide the fate of Mrs. Doubtfire
1: Re-Re-Re-Reboot Which one will it be? It's the Ruin Childhoods podcast.
0: Hello, Starfighters! Oh, I knew you'd be doing that.
2: Podcast is on the way! Of course you knew it. (laughs) How else do you introduce an episode about Mrs. Doubtfire? (laughs) It's Ruined Childhoods. I'm Dan.
0: That's John. Uh, uh, Hey, how's it going? Uh, This, you know, I was looking at our list of movies to cover on this podcast that we... Created when we first started talking about doing this over three years ago, hundred and seventy uh, episodes ago, whatever. <laughs> and uh, back to back on our list was Back to the Future and Mrs. Doubtfire. And because it was when really you think n- of one, you think of the other. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's like what are the things that we're obviously going to be talking about? And so uh, Doc Mrs. Brown Doubtfire- takes
2: Daniel Hillard back in time to save his marriage.
0: Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! You know, I I've been I I've been thinking a lot about Back to the Future lately because um it's a movie that I'm I'm showing at an in a summer outdoor movie series and so I had to like purchase uh the the materials and everything and of course I was <laughs> like man I just bought these on like uh iTunes or whatever and it's like I a, thought I, you I, were gonna I say just. What's that? I thought you were gonna say that you had to buy a VHS tape for like seventy
2: five thousand dollars. Did you see that about that? Like the VHS copy of copy of Back to the Futures that was like auctioned for like an insane amount of money. I I didn't like read all about it, but I imagine it was still in its original wrapping because I'm sure you know, my overplayed VHS copy of yeah. Back to the Future is worth
0: nothing. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's not worth the plastic that it's uh, encased within. So, uh, you know, it's it's uh, really funny. Dan, I could have sworn yeah, that 75, you...
2: 75000 Sorry, go
0: ahead. I could have sworn that you were calling it Back to the Futures. And it made me think about, you know, uh, commodities trading and like corn futures. And then that got me thinking about trading Pork places. Bellies. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Pork bellies. And so, and so I was like, that'd be a really great sequel for trading places back to the futures <laughs> trading places to back to the futures anyway uh oh man dan you before know we recorded me... you told me that you had a one more thing or is that the seventy five thousand no, no. dollar cassette
2: no no I, but the while while we're on that i wanted like reading about that uh made me think of the old of of the promotion that uh mcdonald's had like back in i want to say the early 90s and it was something where like if you bought a happy meal or just like a combo i guess you could get you there was like for five dollars and i i think it was like back to the future Field of Dreams and it was like it was it was a few universal movies. I'm I'm pretty sure. It, it's the ones that uh Joaquin Phoenix disguises his porn in uh in oh. Parenthood. No. Um Dragnet. but I'm pretty and it was like $5 to get. It was like back yeah, back to the future, Field of Dreams
0: uh Yeah, you I know, don't uh, while you're I clicking don't and exactly clacking away remember. at the keyboard. yeah, You know <laughs> I think that you might have mentioned this a little bit on the last episode, but I was thinking about... I, I think you mentioned the um, the Pizza Hut Back to the Future Part 2. Uh, you know, like, book it or whatever, like, uh, some, some, like, kid's meal thing where, like, you would get some sort of movie tie-in object. And I don't remember... I think I'm I'm trying to remember if it was Back to the Future Part 2 or Teen Wolf 2 uh which was 87 but there was one where they had um these like crazy sunglasses that were like they they were very 80s but also like future cool sunglasses and I remember that specifically as being a uh, a Pizza Hut thing but now that I'm thinking about it, I think the Teen Wolf 2 had like a uh paper cutout mask situation. Oh, yeah,
2: I think you're right about that. I think you're right about yeah. yeah, no, the Pizza Hut thing was just that like we went to Pizza Hut either before or after seeing Back to the Future 2 to redeem our our book it points. But for I some think that there was some pizza. sort of
0: like promotional tie-in where like you would get some sort of uh movie uh object and well it one of them was like that
2: back to the future too cuz that they pizza hut was you know prominently featured right in in that um
0: yes you
2: were saying sorry
0: no i you know we're no, just kind of riffing about aren't. fast food and uh, and back to the future
2: so speaking of back to the future i believe i had mentioned the musical and uh I saw that the musical will be opening on Broadway next year. Broadway. On, Wonderful. The, on the Yep, yep. Broadway. Uh so Back to the Future, the musical, uh featuring some of the music of Huey Lewis and the news, I'm guessing. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I would have just gone all in and thrown in all of like, you know, the the Huey Lewis and the News songs and just made it a jukebox musical. But um, You know,
0: it's, it's something that we didn't really talk about on our Back to the Future episode. And for all of you Mrs. Doubtfire heads, don't worry, we'll get to it. But uh, in the Back to the Future uh, episode, we didn't really talk so much about Huey Lewis news. We've mentioned how Huey Lewis was in a cameo role in, in Back to the Future. But I don't think that we really talked about the power of love. And I... You know Huey Lewis's contribution musically to the movie, and it's funny because like the power of love was it written for the movie or was it just that like it got brought into the movie as like a hey we want us we want a song what you got and he was like how about power of love and then it just became like the Back to the Future like song that was that was used because that's what they were. Using as uh, Marty's uh, battle of the bands or talent show or whatever it was, uh, song. Yeah, yeah and so it wasn't just. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't just that it was a song on the soundtrack that plays over the end credits or something. It's just that it was um, in so, the movie.
2: So I'm gonna I'm gonna quote here now. Oh, damn! Ads popping up all over the place. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to quote, or I'm going to paraphrase from Rolling Stone, depending on how much of the article I can look at without getting caught in ads here. Uh, so in a Rolling Stone, uh, feature, uh, where they asked Huey to kind of, uh, you know, tell the story of of the power of love. Uh, he was, he did write it, uh, specifically for the film was approached oh, okay. to, to write a song was told that Michael J. Fox's character, um, w- was going to be a, uh, big, uh, says would have been a huge Huey Lewis and the news fan. And here, I'll just read here. Lewis said, he says he was apprehensive at first telling the trio that trio being Steven Spielberg, Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale, uh, He'd never written for a movie before and adding that he didn't want to have to write a song called Back to the Future, though I guess mm. back in time was just fine. Uh, but the trio told him right. they simply wanted one of his own songs and the rocker. So he so I guess he, they like wrote the song just like as a Huey Lewis and the News song. And he was right. he's just he a just solid said, song. Well, he just said he was like, I'll send you the next thing I write. So yeah. uh, no, that and, make,
0: that makes perfect sense to me.
2: It's, I mean, it's an awesome song. And it's an awesome song. It's, I mean, like, still an awesome song. Um, And it just, I don't know. It takes me back. It's one of those songs that takes me back, like uh, takes me back in time, Uh, like like that. Saint Elmo's Fire is another one that also like. uh, I I believe the story of Saint Elmo's of the song Saint Elmo's Fire.
0: Well, I'll save it for when we do a Saint Elmo's Fire episode. Uh, Uh, Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Okay. There, there are two quick things that I want to mention. I'll stay on the Huey Lewis track right now. Uh, and then go into something else because I don't want to uh, veer in one direction and then have to go right back to another. But uh, one thing that I find really interesting, Dan, is that you are um, referencing an article in the uh, from Rolling Stone, which uh, is a reference to, you know, Bob Dylan, you know, it's like it's Rolling Stone magazine is from that, and uh, not to be confused with any association with the band the Rolling Stones. But I feel like the only other band that I can think of that has a a a name or a tie-in to a publication is Huey Lewis and the News. The News.
2: Then it the, melt many publications the news. really just, just, <laughs> just the new, well, and I, yeah, I thought you were going to say time like time magazine. Uh, no, like, come on, <laughs> you know, because once you get into time, once you want to get back in time. Uh, so
0: the other yes. thing that I wanted to mention, uh, without acknowledging that joke that you just made, is Thank that you. uh, just over your shoulder you do have an autographed <laughs> Michael J. Fox headshot, and I don't know if that was there the last time, but I'm it, noticing it now.
2: It was, it was, and <laughs> I should I should tell the story because it it is a story, and this is why
0: I did my Huey Lewis bit first. Yes, because I knew there'd be
2: a story. It, well, it's a story of a very kind gesture um, by a uh, a family. Uh, a relative of ours who um sadly passed away last year um so this is so little little tribute here to the spirit Kenny Bernstein um and uh so uh Kenny lived in uh was it West Hollywood Studio City so, Studio City Studio City California yep in uh yep Hollywood California and uh one of his neighbors in 1987 um during uh, in, an infamous family trip out to California in the summer of 1987 one of right. his neighbors was Michael J Fox Michael J Fox and, and uh Tracy Pollan uh his wife lived uh lived nearby and of course in a house that that had you know some Security because Michael J. Fox ha- was on one of the hottest shows on TV, had been yeah. in, uh, you know, one of the, the biggest movies in recent years. And I like well, if you count Teen Wolf. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and so and I was, you know, I was a fan. I watched Family Ties and I'd seen Back to the Future by mm-hmm. then. And I, Kenny offered to uh, like kind of go. He said like he's like, look, if you write Michael J. Fox a, a letter. And you want to ask him for like an autographed picture or something. I think it was just like write him a letter. And he was like, I'll bring it to his house. So I, you know, written Michael J. Fox a letter. And Kenny brought it over to his house. And there was a security gate. And I guess Kenny went to slip it like between the bars or under the gate and the alarm went off and the security <laughs> camera comes out uh a security camera like takes his picture like noticeably this is not you know <laughs> modern day uh you know your your ring your uh you know doorbell sure. yeah. camera and so then Kenny wrote a note saying that saying like look your security camera took a picture of me he's like if you'll autograph a picture of yourself for my my cousin I'll autograph the picture that your camera took of me.
0: (laughs) I didn't know that. That's great. (laughs) And
2: lo and behold, no, seriously, this is like just one of the, one of the sweetest things. And just really, you know, this, this is, that's who, that's how I remember him. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So then, uh, he ended up getting this, uh, picture and I forget who contacted him like he didn't like I don't think he actually like met Michael J Fox I don't think Michael J fox like walked it over and delivered it but uh yeah so that's how I have a um autograph picture personal dear Daniel all the best Michael j fox um <laughs> and it's why I sometimes sign off all the best on some uh some emails really I don't I haven't written a letter in a while but Uh, Is it really why you sign off that way? Well, every now and again, if it's an appropriate sign off. For something I might do all the best is kind of like in my it's it's kind of in my rotation of email sign offs, you know, best specifically
0: because of Michael J. Fox
2: using that for you, because that was the I mean, I don't think anyone like I was 10 or almost 10. Like, I don't think anyone had ever written me a letter and like said, all the best at the end. I was like, oh, that's really nice like that's nice. Michael J. Fox want just wants the best for me. And you know, and I, I I want the best you for know, Dan,
0: Dan. I sign off. Uh it's funny you say that because I sign off a lot of my emails with um, you know, it's like, uh, you know, uh, please let me know what you think. Get back to me whenever you can. Happy bar mitzi babe, John. <laughs> Literally, no one will understand that. <laughs> so,
2: Dan, why don't you explain it? Oh man. Oh, see now you're just going to have me. Ha- Do I have to tell the whole story behind this?
0: No. Uh, for let's Long just say story, let's just say for one reason or another, <laughs> Dan for his bar mitzvah got a sign got a, a a a card from Paul and Linda McCartney uh that said happy bar mitzi babe. Yes. And yeah, the
2: yes, the Paul like one fourth of the Beatles, the uh you know, Paul mccartney and linda mccartney um so yes i that's another story for another time so, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah like uh, when, when we do i when we do like help <laughs> our yeah you know um, um,
0: I'm, lo- you know um i'd love you know i've always been looking for an opportunity to talk about the blue meanies so i'm sure that we can find a, you know a beatles maybe do like a beatles month or something but just a uh, heads up if the
2: blue meanies come up there's going to be wrestling references uh, uh okay so uh thank you for the opportunity to let me
0: reference happy Bar Mitzvah, babe. Happy Bar Mitzvah, babe. Thing.
2: And while we're on emails, and here's how we'll wrap this up because it is a, <laughs> a last back to the future reference, my email signature for the last, I wanna say at least 12 years, like kind of my, my my, my not like the sign off, but just like the little personal information below and you put like a quote in sometimes. My quote- Time for me to make like a tree and get out of here. And get out uh, no, of here. Um. Yeah, no, it is uh, where we're going. We won't need roads. Ah, that's right. That's right. Attributed You've written me emails, so I do know that. I have sent you emails. Yes. And <laughs> yeah, it was funny because I actually had to look uh, for an old email. So I was like looking through like old emails. I was using like an old search term because I was looking for an old address. And uh, I saw an email that was from maybe like, I think like t- 2010, and it had that sign off on it. Right. I was like, oh, yeah, wow, I've been doing that for a while. So. You know, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, there you go. So speaking of fixing, I don't know.
0: So, so speaking, I was like, "Where's it gonna go with this?" Speaking <laughs> so, of fixing, how about this? Fuck it, let's talk about Mrs. Doubtfire. Fuck it, yes, let's. It, it's time.
2: It's time. It's over. So
0: I'm I'm so excited that we're finally talking about Mrs. Doubtfire. This is a movie that I uh, I've always loved. I feel like my fondness for it definitely grew over time. And each time I do watch it, I appreciate different things about it. And I would say that I especially feel that way since the passing of Robin Williams, because this is a performance that he gives that has so much heart in a movie that masquerades itself as a comedy, but it's really a a family story that is just like it has the 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 music to make it feel like a comedy. It has the, you know, the bits in it to make it feel like, the the comedy you know robin williams doing a bunch of different character moments doing robin williams doing silly voices robin williams with harvey firestein doing you know matchmaker and you know and and those things are wonderful but beneath beneath it it's a i wouldn't say it's necessarily a drama but it's certainly a a moving family story and uh there i feel like this movie gets a lot of criticism for uh the depiction of a a person who is uh you know a man wearing women's clothing or mas or or i would say masquerading as a woman but posing as a woman and i you know i think that it it comes under fire for a lot of those kinds of reasons but it sounds to me like you doubt that fire I doubt that fire, my friend. I doubt that fire. No, uh, I understand where people are coming from, but I do feel like there is... uh, A lot of that does have to do with some of the ways in which the editing tells the story and the music that they use, Dude Looks Like a Lady, Papa's Got a Brand New Bag, like that kind of stuff, it... uh, I don't know. It it I feel like it it a little bit cheapens cheapens it. It cheapens it a little bit. So, um but I do feel like it still is a solid movie and it's I I enjoy watching it. I I really really do.
2: Yeah, so um yeah, it's interesting my kind of relationship with this movie has kind of fluctuated over the years. I saw it when it first came out, like opening, I think opening night, because I remember the Westfield Rialto being packed. Um, And this was, you know, a Christmas season movie, winter 93. Um, And it comes out after uh, a string of, of Robin Williams hits. It's like he went back and forth. So his early nineties movies. So like you have hook and the Fisher King, two movies we've talked about before.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, at, you know, one, a, a family, a family adventure film, the other n- not. Um, yeah. And then the following year, also around the same time, Aladdin and toys, which
0: have you ever seen toys? I remember seeing toys when uh, we rented it from Blockbuster or something. And, it it didn't uh sit with me in the same way that uh his other movies do. It's a
2: weird I haven't seen it I think since the theater uh but it I remember it being a very weird movie Joan Cusack playing like his robot sister. Yeah. Yeah, so um and then watching Mrs. Doubtfire, I was kind of thinking about like all right, well clearly they're they're uh you know, this is kind of I don't want to say capitalizing because that makes it sound cheap, but they're they're, you know, looking to kind of cash in on Robin Williams' family movies. Right. And although I actually feel like the template for his most for like this and Aladdin especially was actually Good Morning Vietnam because mm. these are the three performances, so Good Morning Vietnam, Aladdin, and Mrs. Doubtfire where Robin Williams is kind of just doing is doing Robin Williams and right where there's now mom- I,
0: there's, there's moments where it's like and go ahead and do your thing
2: right 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 well Aladdin I kind of think it's the whole thing but uh <laughs> yeah. I I have I have issues um <laughs> with Aladdin uh um, oh yeah Aladdin I have issues mm-hmm. I I I it just sorry like as soon as he just becomes Jack Nicholson it just totally took me out of it uh but like Good Morning Vietnam I thought was a r- spectacular it's one of my favorites um and it's a spectacular mix of character like his stand up just blended so perfectly with this character that he played very well yeah. and there's no I don't think there's any disputing Robin Williams was an incredibly gifted actor who like more than deserved the academy award that he won and the others that he was nominated for um, but then Mrs. So, th- so then you have something like Mrs. Doubtfire and I don't want to go in, I'm not going to go too much into it before the synopsis, yeah. but, um, Mrs. Doubtfire is kind of that, like you said, it, it's a more, it, it, I don't want to say more serious film, but it is a more, I think, since it it, it is, or could be a more sincere film then it ends up partially because of all like, dude looks like a lady and, and yeah. all those, all those parts. There are those moments in there that are, I mean, there's other moments that are just, you know, just flat out funny. And he's got all these great one liners. Like, I remember sure. it was funny because I, I felt I felt like a few times watching the movie. I'm like, did he did, like, I'm pretty sure I saw him mouth fuck and i'm pretty sure mm-hmm. and, and apparently there's like an r-rated cut of it there's because uh, he was i think that that's been debunked oh really because I, I would I've, not be there's a few
0: scenes where he's like like with the the, the delivery guy <laughs> I feel yeah like he, i do not think that there's a uh an actual edit i'm sure that there's oh. footage but, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I don't think there's like some
2: type of like director's cut that's going to come out next year on the 30th anniversary that's that's going to have just like an F bomb dropping. Yeah, Mrs. it's Doubtfire. like this
0: is the this is the cut that Chris Columbus was trying to get through the studio system yeah. and yeah. Uh no, I I think that uh there is a really um there are some raw emotions in this movie. That you only uh, notice if you're, I don't know, paying attention <laughs> beyond the the silliness of it, the run by fruiting of it all, the the <laughs> boobs on fire, the hello, like all that kind of stuff. You know, there's um, there's a lot more to it, and and I also just want to uh, mention, let's give it up for Sally Field, everybody, who does not get enough credit for how uh, she just knocks it out of the park. And if you also just look at like her filmography at the time, this is just after Soap Dish, and it's just before Forrest Gump. Like, that is quite the uh, the sandwich of movies right there. That is the the triple-decker of dreams. She's and great, and we get I some have classic. My, I have my problems with Forrest Gump. I watched it the other night, to, and I was just like, Oh yeah, I think that this is NC, I think that Forrest Gump is a movie that when in nineteen ninety-four, um wait, was it ninety three or ninety four? No, nope, ninety four. Ninety four. Uh in nineteen ninety-four, I you know, there's a lot of like the the Zemeckis razzle dazzle of like, oh look how they did that. And people are just like, people are still Posting TikTok videos like The Ping Pong Ball is all CGI. And it's just like, ooh, ah. And uh, th- that movie is bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. It's such it's a really mixed not bag. Good. What's funny
2: is, is, is it's I a mixed saw bag the, as I was, yeah. as, as I was flipping through the other, this is quick. Uh, and I saw that like there, there was like a clickbait thing of like, you know, Tom Hanks talks about the one role that he couldn't play if they made the movie today. Mm. And I thought it was Forrest Gump. It was Philadelphia that he was referring to. But I was, I was like, uh, I was thinking Forrest Gump,
0: <laughs> like, you know, and, and Forrest Gump. I mean, yes, it, There are, it's obvious things, you know, that about the character of Forrest Gump, but there's just a lot of other stuff where it's just like a hoof. I I mean, I think that for that movie, the real hero of it is Robin Wright. I think that she's the, you know, uh, you lose sight of uh, her performance sometimes when you're just paying attention to the. Uh, the, the camera artistry, but watching it now, and I feel like this is a movie that's not meant to be watched in high definition because you see all of the seams. You see all of the, you know, the different presidents' mouths not moving with the words. You go behind the seams. You go behind the seams, which is the like special the, edition the of Mrs. Doubtfire, Doubtfire special edition DVD. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That
2: that would only <laughs> the play behind the through.
0: seams edition. The behind the
2: seams edition. That is uh,
0: 100% true. That but no, is a thing. I.
2: Getting back to Mrs. Doubtfire, I agree with you that I the that one thing that I that I don't think is a problem. I I don't think that the the plot device of uh, Daniel Hillard, Robin Williams' character, disguising himself as an older woman. I would say if if anything is more kind of offensive, it's it's that like there's no men being considered for this position, and that there's also a I guess uh, um, transphobic. Yeah, there's that transphobic (laughs) moment of oh, I don't work with the boys because I used to be one, right? Which yes, and that's not. I mean, it just it kind of comes and goes. (laughs) So, no,
0: I yeah, I think that that is a joke that you know, in hindsight, they they don't think they would have made, and that's not because it's it was ever a, an appropriate thing to say. It's just like the awareness of that type of thing is just way more present right now, and yeah, yeah, we're we're and aware, it's, we're more aware that that people
2: feel like slighted. By things yes. like that. And, and it's not that they didn't then it's just that people were afraid to say anything. And now it's like, yeah, no, you know what, that really bothers me. And rightfully so.
0: So anyway, right. So let me do a little synopsis. And we will, uh, we'll go ahead and get on into it. Miranda Hillard is this a... good. I'm gonna start again. <laughs> I I'm, I'm having a little bit of whiskey. So that's maybe why my tongue is deciding to say different words. Miranda Hillard is a successful interior designer with her own major firm, a gorgeous San Francisco home, three incredible kids, and a husband who is unable to shake his morals in the name of keeping a steady job. Miranda's husband, Daniel, takes it all one step too far when he goes against her wishes and throws a birthday party for their son, who is underperforming at school and lost birthday party privileges. Miranda decides to leave Daniel, and the divorce court judge stipulates that Daniel can only see his kids one day a week until he can get, a st- until he can get steady employment and a suitable place to live. Proving to be comp- Proving to be completely demoralizing to Daniel, this lifestyle becomes more and more difficult, but he sees a window of opportunity when he learns that Miranda is putting an ad in the paper advertising for a housekeeper. Daniel cons his way back into his kids' lives by posing as an older Englishwoman named Mrs. Doubtfire. Meanwhile, he is also holding a job in shipping for a TV station, accidentally impressing the station manager, Jonathan Lundy. Also, Miranda begins to date an old college friend, Stu Dunmire, which is not easy for Daniel to watch up close as Mrs. Doubtfire. Here's where we get to spoiler territory, but... This movie came out a long time ago and it's also been almost 30 years. Yeah. It all comes to a crescendo when Daniel is double booked both as Mrs. Doubtfire and himself at a restaurant for Miranda's birthday and a meeting with Mr. Lundy. After several drinks, Daniel loses his wits and accidentally reveals Mrs. Doubtfire to Mr. Lundy, but pulls it off by pitching her as a new kids' show host. But when his scheme to put pepper in Stew's jambalaya as a prank backfires, Mrs. Doubtfire jumps to the rescue and saves Stu from choking, revealing herself as Daniel, much to the horror of Miranda and their youngest daughter. When the divorce court insists that Daniel can only see his kids while supervised, Miranda sees how utterly destroyed he is, and they come up with an arrangement for him to take the kids for a few hours each day after school, as long as it doesn't interfere with his new life as Mrs. Doubtfire, children's show host extraordinaire. So, uh, of course, we are, uh, you know, skipping past a lot. Uh, clearly, Robin Williams is Daniel and Mrs. Doubtfire. Sally Field is Miranda. Pierce Brosnan is so good as Stu Dunmire. Yeah. Harvey Firestein is uh, Uncle Frank. And Scott Caporo is Aunt Jack, as uh, Daniel says. Another um, one that probably wouldn't uh, make the cut these days. Uh, I don't know. I think it would
2: just be Uncle Frank and Uncle Jack.
0: Maybe, but we don't know. I feel like they, from what we can see by their dynamic as a, a couple, it's them being gay is not as much played for humor as no. it is to like, you know, I, it makes sense in the in the context of it. And seeing them as each other, I could see him also wanting to go as Aunt Jack a little bit. Good point. There, Good point. Because because Daniel, when Daniel refers to him as Aunt Jack to the kids, he yeah. doesn't put on like a weird face or anything, right? He, you know, it's it's very ma- just matter. Um, it's very matter of fact. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in that way, very you know, f- you know, very cool in that in that respect. Totally.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lisa Jacob plays Lydia. Matthew Lawrence is Chris, and Mara Wilson is Natalie. The three kids. Robert Prosky is Jonathan Lundy. Uh, Martin Mull has an appearance in there as Miranda's colleague. Um always nice to see Martin Mull completely underutilized. <laughs> just just kind of yeah. It's like just he was being in a town person and in a had a day off or something. <laughs> hey, I don't know, but uh, he's wonderful. And yeah. so I, you know, this movie is uh, it's extraordinary. It is one that has it was kind of like an instant classic. It, you know, as soon as it came out, it was just like Mrs. Doubtfire was just a part of everybody's life. It was just a thing. Everybody knew, everybody knows what it is when you say Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, it is such a peculiar name for a movie. <laughs> and Robin Williams, uh, you know, I'd say like at a point in his career where he's just like the hottest thing out there. Uh, you know, you, you can't have a more successful recipe for a movie. <laughs> no, and it was based on a book. Not really right? I, I don't think the Madame book was Doubtfire or something. Alias
2: like that. alias Mrs. Doubtfire.
0: Yeah. I think. And um the the casting for the kids is so good and they play very rich roles in the movie. Uh, they each have their own identity and different kind of relationship with their father and they they have things to do in the movie they're not just like underplayed as being oh it's just the kids like they have rich stories that and i mean maybe that's chris columbus being chris columbus although he did not direct. he didn't write the script no 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 but no, the directing but- i mean it, i that kind of thing with the wrong director i feel could be I could not come across nearly as well. Um, Well, but I think that would have been foolish
2: to do otherwise, because this movie is really so much about the kids and about uh, parenting and how and how much even though like even though Daniel is, is just kind of a screw up in every other area. And he's like a man child. He is a devoted And loving father who, as he puts it, is addicted to his children.
0: Addicted to his children. It's true. And, uh, you know, what's also pretty interesting about this movie is that uh, the movie opens with him in a recording studio performing multiple voices in a syndicated cartoon show. He is doing well for himself like he in no way is uh pitched to us as a struggling actor. Uh, we I... do we do hear that he has a tendency to lose jobs, but it is a he to get to the point where he is in his career, that's a lot of work. Well, although it, it uh
2: And I I have to admit, like, there were a few things that I I kind of just, like, looked into because I was like, he's doing all he's doing all the characters and he's kind of doing it after the animation is done and the animation looks old. So the theory is that he's actually doing, like, overdubs or that it's something where, like, the original audio, like, something was messed up on it. I don't know. They don't explain know. We don't know. But they do. But they do
0: say, like, he's constantly between jobs. Right. And in the argument that he has with Miranda when she ultimately says that they should get a divorce, I uh, it is established that they had this, uh, before they had kids and everything, they both were very, you know, they stood up for what they believed in and they wanted to make sure that like whatever they were doing was like ethical and that they wouldn't sell out essentially. And, Something that I've missed in previous viewings of this movie is that real struggle that they're having in their marriage where she has changed and he is hmm, Peter Pan. Anybody? <laughs> uh, you know, like uh not as willing to uh conform. And ultimately, I do feel like Miranda has a point, you know, in, in saying that they shouldn't be together anymore. And it's, it's true. You know, sometimes people just, you know, aren't the same people that they were when they first met and you just have to do what's right. And this was never anything having to do with their kids. And uh, clearly Daniel was doing things in his career that were good enough to get him. They they make his apartment out to be some junky apartment. Do you know how much that apartment would go for right now in San Francisco? It'd be absolutely oh. insane. Like, yeah. to have anything with, you know, more than like a studio apartment, like inside San Francisco, I'm sure he was praying, paying a pretty penny. And it's like, they play it up to be this dump. And it's like, that's not that bad. Although I don't I'm sorry to interrupt, but I
2: feel like it's more considered a dump because it's just like it's a mess and it's chaos. When Well, but they
0: but, you know, Miranda has like the door gets stuck when she's trying to open it and she has this look on her face and she turns her nose up at everything. The food that they're eating and it's like this person has been displaced from his home. And is trying really. We don't know the timeline of everything. It seems like things happen really fast in this movie, but I yeah. uh, we are seeing things from the perspective of Miranda, uh, and they're kind of echoed a little bit by Daniel, and then uh, the caseworker, Mrs. Selner. You know, the, who you know they they very much play up how dumpy his places his lifestyle is and um, the only person who can see how much he cares about his kids is himself and it seems like everyone is so blind to the idea that he truly has the best in mind for his children yes he threw a barnyard birthday party for chris that was a bonehead move but it does, It certainly doesn't mean that he's a degenerate and, or a bad dad. Although I would say setting the example
2: of like mom doesn't have to know because mom's not going to be home for four hours and we'll get it all cleaned up.
0: Right. <laughs> I, I know. That was, that was a selfish move. I agree.
2: But like, I, I do
0: think he's a bit oblivious. To I, right. And, 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 and that's the thing is like that he has this big wake up call about cleaning up his act a little bit, but it doesn't it doesn't mean that he should only have access to them one day a week no or or need to prove to a court that he can hold down a job in order to get more time with his kids that is something that I don't think is very realistic and i uh, I get it it's a movie <laughs> you know I'm not uh, you know i I totally get that but there's I think that there's a lot more to Uh, Daniel as a character because you know the lengths that he clearly is willing to go to in order to just spend time with his children uh, is I mean the way he did it was wrong yes but it's you know they certainly have a history I mean Chris was turning what 14 or something uh and he's the middle child. So it's like I think they were together 16, like I think that Lydia's like 14, 15. 14, 14 years,
2: I think, is is the number. Fourteen years. I, I think Lydia's 14. I think Chris is 13 or 12. Okay. And then well, well and actually well, I'm glad you brought it up because I think that um it, I thought it was interesting kind of the ages of the kids and like the two back to back and then yeah. the five-year-old and it's kind of like i don't know i guess my thought was i was like huh they've been having problems for yeah. some time was um oh god why can't i remember her name the mara wilson character uh
0: oh the mara wilson character that's yeah. um oh my god uh natalie natalie right right yeah. right that i, I that that Natalie was kind
2: of the attempt
0: to the last ditch effort.
2: <laughs> well, because if you think yeah. about it, like they, if they had Lydia and Chris earlier, early in their marriage, when they both still had a lot of passion and yeah. like that, that were on the same page about things that, you know, that might, might have been, maybe not. I, I don't know, but I thought that, the, and I don't know if that's something that's in the book. Cause I've never read the book, but right. It's very I, I think if it's not something that's in the book, I think it's just kind of smart and it's not meant it's not, they don't talk about it, but uh-huh. it's 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 uh it's a nice detail. I do still think I think what's interesting about Daniel as a character is that Daniel as Daniel does not know how to make things work when Daniel steps into a character. Right. He can do it because all of a sudden he's like, he is like throwing a party, bringing the petting zoo into the house and everything. Sure. Yeah. And then he becomes Mrs. Doubtfire. And like you said, we don't know how much time passes. And also like he's, he goes through a, uh, you know, I would say a trauma, uh, sure. b- between then and, uh, but as Mrs. Doubtfire, all, like on his first day as Mrs. Dowfire, he's unpleased throwing the TV remote into the fish tank. And, yeah. uh, you know, the, the, all the kids want to do is watch Dick Van Dyke because they're <laughs> OK, uh, because I because they probably watched it with him. another thing that they don't mention, but I'm like, how would these three kids be so into Dick Van Dyke? Well, of course, they must have watched it with their father, who I'm who would have grown up with it and like definitely would have loved
0: that show. Just one of the best comedies. You know, Dan. Sitcom comedies. We see those kids watching, I think, two different programs. The Dick Van Dyke show and some sort of uh you know, nineteen thirties monster movie <laughs> oh, with yeah. somebody with like a clay face or something. Dan, I think they just got what they could get licensed. <laughs> You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, because I, I don't think that a lot of five-year-olds are like,
2: "Oh, yeah, Dick Van Dyke show." Hell yeah! I mean, I don't. I feel like that there must have been some intention. I mean, this wasn't like you know an indie film being made no, on like no, maxed of out course. credit cards. No,
0: no, these are some of the hottest actors <laughs> right now. Uh, you know, and um, and and Chris Columbus. I mean, Chris you know, Columbus. A, this was what the
2: last movie he directed before this was what I don't know. Home Alone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, So like he's not
0: slumming it, yeah, yeah. No, I feel like anyway,
2: yeah. Look, if they wanted it to be like Mama's
0: family, it would have been Mama's family. Uh, (laughs) I'm, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm partially joking, but in reference to the that like monster movie that they're watching, it's just like this is what they're watching. Okay, (laughs) yeah. Well, I mean, that was obvious. I felt like that was
2: just to kind of lead into the whole like, oh yeah, Dad's wearing. I know, Uh, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, so. But yeah, but even the same thing is like at at the TV studio, it's not until he like steps into the character of a kid's show host. Right. That he's really uh you know, that Lundy sees him and sees the potential
0: in him as a kid's show host. Yeah. So Right. And uh, you know, this kind of this goes back to something that I was saying a little bit earlier about where he is in his career. Uh and it also ties into um, him having to really get humbled. But, uh, you know, when he first enters that position in the TV studio where he's told nothing at all <laughs> before he gets there what he's doing, he was like, oh, so will I be just like introducing movies, stuff like that? Like he's there. He has this like assumption because he has he's established as being an actor and uh, it's just like, oh no, 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 you're chipping stuff. Like you are. He introduces himself as Daniel Hillard,
2: the actor. Meanwhile, yeah. he's been it's basically a temp job.
0: Oh, yeah, it is the bottom of the uh of the pile there. And um yeah, having to really just like start everything from scratch. But uh anyway, um it's a really fascinating study of of somebody who Really has to reinvent themselves and, in order to find out like who they really need to be in their in their life and in their children's lives, and I th- I think that uh, you know watching it from a different perspective as an adult, uh, and and I've watched it as an adult before, but I feel like I've I haven't watched it with as critical of an eye, and you know also this is. You know, we. I don't talk about a lot of like personal stuff on the show, but I'm right now in the well middle slash tail end of going through a divorce myself. It is not a tragedy. It, you know, every uh, my my almost five year old child is doing great, and there's uh, and I am very fortunate to have a uh, a solid relationship with her mom, and you know we are understanding of each other as co-parents. And that's something that uh, Miranda and Daniel didn't have. Um, He definitely mentions the idea of going to couples counseling, and she just says, like, no, there's no point. And I think that, you know, it's, it's a mentality that I think has changed since the early 90s, about you know why people would get divorced and uh, the idea that somebody has to be in the wrong or you know somebody has to be the the better parent because I think that also what comes across in Mrs. Doubtfire is that Miranda is being painted as being this the heavy monster as What's she that? puts it as she puts oh, the it the heavy. heavy yeah and you know. There are certainly more opportunities, and it's difficult because also they have her moving on to a new relationship, and uh, she's even interested in this guy before they get divorced. You know, <laughs> she hears his name and she lights up, and that's before you know she finds out about the uh, the donkey eating the birthday cake <laughs> or whatever. Right. <laughs> Well and it's, so, uh, it's yeah I mean well yeah. there's
2: clearly like there's and I don't know like they don't talk about it but it was one thing I wondered was like had they been had they done couples therapy I don't get the impression that they had
0: previously
2: but uh eh. um, No
0: although I do appreciate that that Daniel brings it up as a viable option and that it's not yeah. uh looked upon in the same way that therapy was looked upon in a lot of other movies from that time. And even a little bit early, especially a little bit earlier Yeah, um, where therapy is the butt of a joke. Right. Um, Yeah. So, you know, Miranda is, I think that there were more opportunities that where we could have seen um, the humanity behind Miranda's character. And we see it a lot in Sally Fields performances when Uh, they're in the courtroom at the end and Daniel's kind of just like pleading for the ability to like see his children. And she, she sees him for the first time and she, you know, after they discover that she had the Mrs. Doubtfire has her own kids show. She goes to the studio and yeah, they get a little snippy, but she like brings it together and she really wants to try to figure out a way to make it work because she can tell. And, I don't think that enough is done for the character of Miranda to let us see things through her experience fully. We get some really great moments between her and Mrs. Doubtfire, but during those times you're supposed to be on Mrs. Doubtfire's side. Yeah. And, you know, you're you're hearing her words through Mrs. Doubtfire's ears. And that's something that like If Miranda had a scene where she was with a friend of hers, having just any kind of like just getting a glimpse into her life without it revolving around, uh, you know, Daniel or Stu, then we could really see like what she's experiencing at this time because she's also. She's got this very busy job where she doesn't get home until seven o'clock at night or something. And I don't know. It's a it's definitely not a balanced uh, portrayal. I mean, the movie isn't called Miranda or Mrs. Hillard. It's called Mrs. Doubtfire. Right.
2: Right. And I, I guess the idea is to show that basically like like if you combined them into one person they'd be an amazing parent because you would have yeah. that the responsible structure, but you would also have the fun, the whimsy, yeah. uh, you know, the creativity. You know, but that's not how life works. I agree with you. I think that it it does set her up to be um to be unlikable. It sets Stuart up to be unlikable. Whereas I think there's really only one there's only one part where I think he actually is unlikable. Um and it's at the pool when when uh Mrs. Oh, Doubtfire yeah. overhears him talking, he's like, oh he's a loser. Um oh, right. But he also doesn't know him. No, he doesn't yeah. know him. And that's a, but and I think the, the another thing that they could have done maybe and they do it actually no they, I think they do it pretty well is establish that there's a, a history that predates Daniel between yeah. Stuart and Miranda because otherwise Otherwise, it really doesn't work for her to be getting into a relationship so quickly. I don't think so. I don't least.
0: get the impression that they had dated or anything prior to that, but I get the impression that they, you know, were in the same circle and maybe had admiration for each other. Almost, almost. Yeah, I, maybe there I was think an if they had. Maybe if they
2: had dated, if there was an establishment like they had dated, that might have. Yeah bolstered that a little bit yeah. more but like yeah i mean stew it right when you watch it when you're watching it for the first time especially if you're a kid like i watched it with my eight-year-old daughter and like her afterwards like i was asking her questions and she, her least favorite character easily was stew
0: that's because that's so interesting he's uh, you know he's not doing anything wrong you know what she didn't like his little flip off the diving board. That flip off the diving board was
2: impressive. <laughs> Im- impressive. um, A bit show Oh,
0: totally show So yeah. But the thing the thing that we also get from Stuart's conversation with his buddy at the bar that Mrs. Doubtfire overhears is how much he likes the kids. He's crazy about the kids. He's, you know... Mrs. Doubtfire slash Daniel doesn't overhear him talking about how he's, you know, it's, you know, got this hot woman who's, you know, finally available or anything like that. He's talking about how much he likes the kids. What's and, funny is
2: sorry when they talk about, when he does talk about Miranda Hillard, it's almost like, like the other guy should know who she is. And oh yeah, it's, that's uh, Miranda Hillard. Like, you know, like, like, like he's, like he's dating like Kathy Hilton or something. I don't know well, why that was the first name that came to my Kathy head. Hilton. That's a I really have weird... no idea why that was the first name that, <laughs> that came to my head.
0: So uh, well, another thing that I wanted to point out is that uh, something that I like a lot is that Daniel's frustrations with Stuart have way less to do with Miranda than they do with the kids. He is just like, you know what? People move on. <laughs> he's not fully that way. He's he's certainly a little miffed, but well, the fact that the fact that he gets to spend time with Daniel's kids—that's what really ticks him off.
2: Yeah, though when he's talking to Miranda uh, about it, he's always like like when she asks him like how long after. After Mr. Oh, Doubtfire yeah. died and he was like, nope, once the father Winston. of your children is out of the picture, nope. Um, and he talks about like, you know, waiting till the sheets cool off before inviting another man in. <laughs> <laughs> There's some some great lines in there.
0: Yeah, no, but you can tell that like what really gets to him is that Stuart is playing with his children. And his children and like him. Be...
2: What's that? And his children, when he walks in oh, that yeah. one scene where he walks into the house and Stuart and Miranda are sitting there with the kids like a family. Yeah. That you really feel it. Like you, you just really feel like he's so iced out there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there's also, so there is a scene where, um, where Chris discovers that Mrs. Doubtfire is a, is a man. Chloe's favorite gets, scene. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's, it's a great scene. and. um and he and Lydia are, you know, Daniel reveals that he is himself to Lydia and Chris. And they they have this, this moment. I think that um, it's what I would have really liked is a little bit more of them in another scene talking like maybe Natalie's off doing something else. And they're just like, hey, so I'm really sorry about this. Stuart guy, I know that's got to be really uncomfortable for you. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, like, right? I, and I feel like, I feel like that would let you get away with things more like Lydia and Chris uh, being cool with Mrs. Doubtfire being at, like, the dinner at the end and stuff, where I feel like Lydia probably should have been like, Mrs. Doubtfire, you know what, if you have plans, do your thing. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. uh because it's like oh that's gotta suck to sit back and watch that yeah yeah well that But oh, then you the, wouldn't have the climactic <laughs> incredible ending help is on the way <laughs> although man he really
2: does try to kill Stuart because Stu's all like yeah no i'm really allergic to pepper yeah
0: <laughs> and well you also have to remember that daniel was extremely drunk at that point well Oh yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, a ton of Scotch. I, I'm and I'm having a, a whiskey in honor of their dinner. Uh, I was
2: wondering that when you said <laughs> you were having whiskey, whiskey. Sorry, I was thinking whiskey. about what I'm drinking, which is sake. Uh, oh, uh, not at all in honor of that. Just because we happen to have some sake left. And okay. I I appreciate a good sake. Sake is uh, great. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah. So Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh. Lots of great, great lines in there, Um, you know, so much probably in, improvised by Robin Williams, the run by fruiting. Oh, my but God. Even, Carpe even... dentum sees the teeth. Carpe like...
0: dentum. Yes. Yeah. There are so uh, many amazing lines.
2: And when he uh, and just even those di- he ma- makes all those digs. And like when Stuart's like, oh, your accent's a bit muddled. Oh, well, so is your tan.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no uh, whether it's the script or if it's Robin Williams, the combination of them all uh I think that there's uh a lot to be said about you know the the performance in general. I also want to uh point out that you know the the screenplay uh which is Leslie Dixon and R- Randy mayam singer uh two women. Yep. which I think is uh, really cool. Um, I I didn't even know that before, and I think that it's uh, I think it's pretty awesome. And yeah, I think uh, I'd always
2: just assumed that Chris Columbus wrote the screenplay, and uh-huh. you no, know, yeah. Um, so yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. And and, and Leslie Dixon uh, was also the screenwriter for Thomas Crown Affair, with Pierce Brosnan. So great
2: movie. Yeah, Rene I watched Russo. it
0: recently. Uh, Rene Russo is fantastic. Yeah, uh, I watched it recently. It's it's a strange movie. <laughs> have if you really ever seen it. the original? Yes. I uh, it's strange. It's I've never seen I, the original, but I like the remake. The remake is great. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And and before we start talking a little bit more along those lines, right, I have right, right. I have I have one question for you, Dan. Yeah. Why does Mrs. Doubtfire need to wear a bra. <laughs> don't you think that the suit was built in a way that maybe that's not necessary? Like where it it's would an be added built step. in? Well, why does it need to be anything? It's a completely fake... It's a bodysuit. They're wouldn't... not natural breasts. They, they don't function as such.
2: I mean, they... I don't know. Look, I who am I? I can't speak to that. I guess if the bodysuit is if the boobs are saggy on the bodysuit or maybe it's <laughs> may, maybe I don't know, maybe it's just to have the appearance like what if there's a little what if a blouse, what if you see through a blouse, like you'd expect to see a bra
0: strap. I Well, I don't all know. of Mrs. Doubtfire's outfits are very tight to the neck to hide the what's behind what's behind the seams. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah.
2: I I don't know. I don't I I guess for 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 funsies uh, because bras are funny. I I think that
0: like, yeah, I think that just the visual of him having to take off the bra, probably for that
2: scene where he's going back and forth between being Daniel and Mrs. Dowfire because Mrs. Selner and then there's the two kids who are watching him. Those kids are
0: great. (laughs) yes yeah you could not have picked two better kids to be the neighbors from across the street laughing perfect. at him perfect <laughs> perfect. and the looks
2: on their faces when he sees them is just yeah uh, fantastic uh so. it's a
0: it's it's a it's a wonderful movie and Dan uh, you know i I had to go ahead and make that dumb co- joke about the the bra thing and not just go with the great segue that you had about the word remake oh about right re- yeah. But Dan, uh, what would you do with? This oh well, maybe? I
2: thought I, I I thought we were going to lead into discussing whether or not it holds up. I thought that's where the bra thing. The was bra, going. yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the answer is yes, it does hold up. But anyway, to an extent, yeah, to uh, an extent, yes. to an extent, yes.
2: So. Uh so there is a Mrs. Doubtfire musical it just recently yep. closed its Broadway run uh and it will be touring the United States and appear and it'll be on it's on the west it'll be on the west end if it's not there already in London right. um and and I think that works I think a musical uh works uh works for this movie I was thinking though I think one of my one of my issues with it has always been like I don't know. I, I've never, I felt like Daniel Hillard was not as sympathetic a character as, and I think a lot of it, like you said, you pointed out like the music and the tone of the movie. I think that was what kind of fed into that a bit. And I've always, I don't know. So I was trying to think, I was like, how do you make this movie and maybe have your, your, have your, your main character, your protagonist, be a little more i don't know sympathetic and the route i went with this is kind of weird um so i went with a loose remake on this okay where the concept is is the same but the story is almost entirely different so our our protagonist is um is a man we i mean maybe he was a struggling actor uh or or not or someone who was just kind of like you know doing these like you know odd jobs but someone not really as successful um you know financially as as his wife and he uh ends up somehow uh uh in prison, I have it as being he's, uh, he is framed for arson. Uh, okay. and he, he, uh, he's in prison, he goes to prison for, like, five years, and uh, his when he's inside it's kind of like his wife is like i this is not who i thought you were and she divorces him she wants nothing more to do with him he's trying to kind of keep contact but over the course of his time in prison uh it's just like she just kind of cuts off all all contact um i i i'm i was toying with some mafia involvement oh, not geez. with him but like with the arson so because this is where it goes so He gets out. He's trying to like this framing has him set up to be such a a criminal. I mean, think similarly to uh, to Ant to Ant-Man, to uh, Paul Rudd in Ant-Man, but not not nearly. I mean, he was actually a thief. Um, You know, our our guy here is innocent. And so he gets out. And he's really trying to establish ties with his family, including his his two kids who haven't seen him now in five years and the daughter that his wife was pregnant with when he was put away. So, uh, you know, that's your Lydia, Chris and and Natty. Uh, And so he's and the only way he can establish this relationship is by answering the ad for for the housekeeper and and. I would set it up where like this, where like the mother or the, the Miranda here, um, who's an attorney in this, in this version, uh, Miranda has, uh, she's been through just so many different housekeepers and eventually she's like, I need like a celibate old lady. And she's like, that's I'm like, I've been through so many. You could have a montage of all. It's kind of like all of the people that Robin Williams pretends to be calling yeah. for the job. Like they actually get hired over the course of, of those years. Right. Uh, so, you know, of course, because it's a Mrs. Doubtfire re- remake, he becomes Mrs. Doubtfire <laughs> and uh-huh. um, is... And kind of is trying to build his relationship with his kids as Mrs. Doubtfire, while he's also trying to clear his name. And uh-huh. meanwhile, his wife is uh is has kind of started up this little fledgling relationship um with another attorney who uh eventually, and maybe it's maybe it's like the the district attorney or the ADA. And that's eventually Daniel actually has to, when he has like enough evidence to clear his name, he Uh has to go. And of course, because he has all of these, like, whether it's newspaper clippings or like if it's, you know, it's set modern day, he's just got like all these tabs up on his computer with all like the Mm -hmm. news about the fire. So, of course, that's where the police doubt fire was, um, was accidental, which is that that's the exact headline in in the movie. So, uh, you'd have, um, He's trying to clear his name and find the people who are actually responsible and I, I, having some type of like mob tie in there could uh could work, especially if like the the Stewart character is a, a district attorney or assist, assistant district attorney, whatever. I'd say district attorney. Let's go big. And okay. uh, uh, so he eventually has to go to him for for help Um, and I feel like you could still have the climactic dinner at the end, but this time it would be where he's meeting with, like, it's, it's, it's like a setup where he's meeting with like this, whoever the person was that like got him involved that, that framed him. So it's kind of like, he's meeting him and just almost like to, to say like, you know, look, I've got like, maybe he's wearing a wire.
0: Oh, mm, OK.
2: And so that adds a complication to it, um, to that scene. But he ends up drinking because he's so nervous. And, you know, I mean, you could have a lot of you could have some similar things happen. But I mean, you're not it's not going to be Robin Williams. So you're not going to make it a Robin Williams movie. S- who, Who would it be? Oh, you know, I, Oscar Isaac. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't know. No, I hadn't. I I hadn't uh, thought that much about it. But gotcha. Okay. Uh, you know, I um, you know, spin the wheel. I I I don't know. It could be like there's so much talent talent out there. Um, I I mean, I don't maybe Bill Hader. Uh, okay. Uh, I mean, Bill Hader is, is great and I, uh, you know, love what he does and we, we know he's funny. We know he can pull off the drama as well.
0: And we know that he can pull off wearing different costumes and different looks. Yes. Uh, yeah, e- exactly. Yeah.
2: Exactly. But like, I don't know. I'm not, I was kind of more in coming up with this. I was a little, uh, because I mean, of course the original Mrs. Daffyre is a vehicle for Robin Williams. Totally. Although, you know, who else I could have seen do I, Doing it at the time, and I know that there were rumors. I know that there were rumors about Tim Allen, and like r- oh, rumors, geez. rumors about it being intended as like a home improvement like spinoff. But no, Martin Short is the only. Oh, I think was the yeah. only other person that I could think of that I was like in 1993. Martin Short could have pulled this off. What Rob oh, Williams is perfect.
0: Robin Williams. Was what perfect. year? What year was Clifford? Because that's the ninety, uh, kind of the opposite. Was that 94? ninety four? Ninety four. He goes, ten year old boy,
2: <laughs> right? But imagine, think about a Martin Short, Mrs. Doubtfire, right?
0: Oh, it would. That would be great. And, that would be. I mean, Robin Williams and Martin Short have like, you know, equally quick wits, and the way that they can pull off. The those those fast jabs and quips like yeah those are the two people especially at that time um, interesting okay so yeah I don't know so that's where I'm going I don't know I mean do you have any other do you have any casting
2: i ideas oh
0: casting um I guess for my for my <laughs> for <idea>. your version <laughs> I mean I could see like a uh, it's see the thing is like you have to also picture them as as an old lady so. It's like, who could pull something like that off? And um, it's a weird thing to think about nowadays because in the 90s, you had movie stars who didn't have to have, like, great physiques. Right. Being... Uh, being an amazing actor who was in leading roles didn't require you to work out. And, uh, as, uh, as Mrs. Doubtfire
2: clearly shows. And and hey, no respect because he's such a dedicated dad. He's got the dad bod.
0: It's got the dad bod. Absolutely. Uh, So these days, I mean, and that's not to say that everybody right now is, you know, in, in that type of situation. I mean, uh, not to, make any, uh, not that this is in any way a jab at physical, uh, appearance, but like somebody like Gak, Gak, Zach Galifianakis would be, you know, uh, somebody who could pull off a little old lady thing and have it be like really funny and weird. Um, and would still be like, you know, in that age range to be able to do that kind of a thing. um, Let's see if there's anybody I'm I'm thinking people who could pull off a funny, like l- old lady kind of thing without it being so like, but it would like, have to be belie- I'm a little old lady, you know, it would have
2: to be believable. I also think for me, this idea, what it does is because another thing that I think about when I'm watching Mrs. Doubtfire is how do they not. How do they not like, and Sally Field has that one moment where she's like, oh, I feel like I know you. I'm yeah. like, you were married to him for 14 years. Yeah. How do you not, how are you not like, get, like <laughs> catching it? And you let it go. Like you, yeah. you let it go. You're like, ah, whatever. It's Mrs. Dowfire. But I'm like, I at least feel that like, all right, you send this guy and prison changes people. I don't speak from experience here. But this is what I've heard, and uh, you know, I I feel like that kind of can can help smooth that little bump in the road over, right? But anyway, no, I don't. Hey, look, if you have got an idea, if you are hearing this idea, and you know who <laughs> you would want to be in this. Uh, you can, uh, oh, you know, I'm wondering, I'm trying to think of like age though. I'm tr- like, cause this person would have to be, I guess, in their l- maybe like late thirties,
0: yeah, early forties, something like that.
2: Yeah. Anyway. Um, I- if you have any ideas, email us ruined childhoods at gmail.com. Let us, let me know who should play the accused arsonist in, <laughs> in
0: my Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. <laughs> You know, Dan, you uh, you mentioned the the stage uh, adaptation of Mrs. Doubtfire, but uh, I think that you forgot to uh, include a uh, a thread on a TV show that was uh, directly oh. inspired by Mrs. Doubtfire. And that of course is from arrested development and uh Mrs Featherbottom Mrs Featherbottom right combined Mrs Doubt right it's the Mrs Doubtfire
2: plot line Yeah yeah, they throw in some Mary Poppins in there, which is interesting because that's what my daughter uh, compared it to, and she's watching, Oh, it's like Mary Poppins. Um, interesting. But, okay, so were you were you going Arrested Development here? Tell me about
0: it. No, 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 no. Uh, I just wanted to make sure that we didn't go. Should this David Cross episode? play? Uh... David Cross would be a really interesting one. Um, no, you know, I was thinking not as. What about Bob uh, Odenkirk? I think he's a little aged out. Is he a little too old? Ah, damn it! I'm like yeah. he's having such a moment. But he could be the like Stu Dunmire. <laughs> he could. Uh maybe like an old college professor or something that uh, you know. Anyway, um I I don't want to go as dramatic as you were going with the like doing time kind of a thing. Um but I think comedy. that a I think that there is opportunity for a um a light reboot. Um not necessarily, or Light Remake, not necessarily even being called Mrs. Doubtfire because I think that the, the name Mrs. Doubtfire carries its own, you know, uh, element of majesty to it. And it is so a part of that specific piece of culture. Um, and when I say that, and this is kind of just going off on a little thing right now where it's like, you know, there have been certainly other classic movies where there have been uh you know, people remember things so fondly. I am thinking of movies like um like Robocop that had a-, a reboot. But I think that the difference is that Robocop didn't star somebody who was beloved. Peter Weller's great. But like All due respect to Peter Weller. All due yeah. respect, but it wasn't a vehicle for Peter it Weller. It wasn't, no. Well, it literally was a vehicle for Peter Weller because that well, suit was, you know.
2: Yes. Yeah. But it wasn't a, it wasn't like, oh, wow, a new Peter no. Weller movie is coming out.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. And, and that's, what I, that's what I'm saying is like the, the name Mrs. Doubtfire, the combination of words Doubt and Fire- like anywhere near each other is Robin Williams, so I think that there's a um, a way to do it where maybe the maybe this takes place in a world where the movie Mrs. Doubtfire actually exists and is you know a, you know in in a way referenced, but like I think that there's an opportunity to tell a similar story where it's um and, and I'm. I, okay, I'm going to try to piece this together in a way that makes sense. So let's say there's uh, somebody who is um, going through a divorce where it's understood, where it's just like, okay, this marriage, it's not working. Mutual understanding, they they take care of things. But for one reason or another, the uh, the process of the divorce i uh, f- somehow separates him from his children like you know just doesn't get any type of fair custody and there's just legal red tape all over the place and maybe there isn't so much of a battle between the the people who are getting divorced maybe they scheme something up together to work together to get around the legal system. And the way that they do it, and I think that what's so brilliant about Mrs. Doubtfire is that Daniel Hillard is an actor and has the ability to be a character for a prolonged amount of time convincingly. And I think that one of the things that, um, you know, people think so fondly of, about when they think of Mrs. Doubtfire, is that scene where he has to be himself and Mrs. Doubtfire to Mrs. Selner uh, when he's got the cake frosting on the face and everything? And I think that it's more engaging to watch him have to fool her than uh, the, the moments when he's trying to fool the person who's known him for 14 years Mm. and having to, you know, I, I really don't feel like the way that Miranda and Stu are going about their relationship is bothering him as, or is bothering him as much as the being separated from his children kind of a thing. I feel like that's something that's being pushed on us a little too hard. Mm -hmm. I don't think that it's, um, bad that Stuart exists as a character, but I think that there, you know, deserves to be respect for the the ex in this situation. And I would love to see a version where there's like, let's learn from the movie Mrs. Doubtfire to avoid any potential mistakes. <laughs> you know, like, they, they look out at, at like all these other movies or people are, uh, hey, uh, maybe they look at the the uh, Dana Carvey movie Master of Disguise. You know, they look at these movies where people are in all these like other. i uh, think you're gonna go to Tootsie. <laughs> tootsie. Well, oof, I would say don't get me started on Tootsie, but you did get me started on Tootsie when we did well, our Tootsie episode. Yeah, because I feel like it. Tootsie fails at all of the things that Mrs. Doubtfire does right. And uh, Tootsie, his character is a womanizer, whether he's himself or Dorothy. Right. He's a much
2: less sympathetic character.
0: He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't learn much throughout his process. Uh, He's still a piece of garbage at the very end. This is true. uh, (laughs) So, um, Love the movie, but yeah. I, I you know I got my problems with it, but anyway, um, I think that there's room for a a Mrs. Doubtfire inspired movie, and uh, it's I, funny. I was well, thinking,
2: I I was kind of thinking along those lines, but I was like, I did that for Back to the Future, and uh, not 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 as <laughs> thought out as you did, oh, okay. but I but kind of like with that same problem of like, how do you Do Mrs. Doubtfire when everyone associates it with Robin
0: Williams. Well, and yeah, you also don't do the old English lady. You know, you you find a different way to do it. Um, Maybe it's it's trying to do a lot of different types of people. You know, it's it's other ways to disguise yourself. Little master Uh, of disguise.
2: uh, (laughs) Inspiration thrown in. Would you have Dana Carvey in this? No.
0: No, I don't think so. No. But um I and I don't know who I would have in it honestly because I think that it would require uh Hey, you know what? You you said Bill Hader. What about Fred Armisen? Oh, <laughs> you know. Uh Fred Armisen it could be is such a chameleon he really could, is. Wow. And really could transform into so many different types, Actually, types yeah, of people. Actually,
2: Fred Armisen is a great suggestion <laughs> for the, for 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 either of them honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like so, honestly, if anyone is is well, like I can't think of anyone who's better suited. He, I mean, he might be a little aged Literally. out. Literally. Uh, but, but Fred I, Armisen is a chameleon in terms
0: of age, so. That's true. That's true. Um man, he's so great. Anyway, I uh, I I think that there's a lot of really interesting ways that you can take this without it ruining anybody's childhoods uh and <laughs> and kind of standing on its own you know yeah yeah so that's what I got interesting what interesting. do you got listeners ruin at gmail.com yeah I don't know what would you do Mrs. Doubtfire yeah um. I mean but here's the thing is like love this movie I I I loved watching it from the perspective of somebody who is going through a divorce. I have a kid and uh, I...
2: An adorable five-year-old. Almost five-year-old.
0: And a a precocious five-year-old indeed. And (laughs) here's another thing. Uh, I love my daughter, but it's nice to get a break from her every now and then. (laughs) 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 Because sometimes... I want to have a conversation with a grown-up, <laughs> and it's hard
2: to do. It yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, so, I wish I could say I was that addicted. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. I mean, of you know, he's got Lydia and and Chris, who certainly are able to hold a a, a good conversation. But yeah. um, I, I, I'm. That was that was just a that was just a joke, but.
2: No, absolutely. All I'm jokes come you said from it. somewhere. <laughs> I'm glad you said it because I thought about
0: it. <laughs> oh yeah, no. I I th- I know I can speak for both of us when I say that, like you know, we we love our children, <laughs> but you know, Absence you can't makes be with the heart grow fond sometimes. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah because you know bit. what? I'm in a uh, you know in in my situation, I I have my daughter half the amount of time. And during the times when I don't have her, if it's a longer stretch of time, I look forward to when she comes back. And then like, you know, if I'm with her for a longer stretch of time by that last morning or whatever, when I drop her off at school, I'm just like, it's going to be nice to like maybe sleep a little bit longer tomorrow, (laughs) you know, things like that. But, um, you know, you make the most of the situations that you're in and, um, for people like Daniel Hillard, sometimes that's not as easy. So yeah. you have to figure out how to do it. And hey, I I would love it if the actual Mrs. Doubtfire television show is a thing. That looks like a fun show. That looks yeah, that looks great. It's like Pee Wee's Playhouse, but like a funny old
2: lady. Yeah, like if it was hosted by Maggie Smith. <laughs> you
0: know, that sounds like fun. That sounds fantastic. I yeah, yeah. So that's our pitch. All right,
2: Maggie so Smith's
0: Playhouse.
2: Maggie, Maggie Smith's Playhouse. She just throws shade at the kids the whole time. It's, it's she's just oh, like, and, oh. That, and
0: um oh Conky. What's the word of the day? Whatever it is you're doing, could you not do it so loud? <laughs> Well, dude, watch. Tell everybody what we're doing on our uh, on our next episode. Oh
2: yeah, because our next episode, yeah, Maggie Smith has nothing to do with this movie.
0: Uh, Yeah, we're going back to
2: 1986 because guess what, folks? It's it's summer, and I'm not sure how crazy this is going to be, but we are going to be talking about one crazy summer uh Savage Steve Holland directed with John Cusack, Demi Moore, Bobcat Goldthwait uh who am I Jeremy missing? Jeremy Piven in there. Joel Murray, Jeremy Piven. Uh oh, I feel like I'm definitely leaving somebody out uh Niedermeyer from from Animal House. <laughs> you know the uh the whiskey's hitting me so I can't really contribute right now. <laughs> no, but anyway, but, one so one crazy summer uh yeah, I can't wait to, to wait, watch Wait, did that. you say Demi Moore? I did say Demi Moore. Okay,
0: you did. Okay. Should Whiskey. I say it more? Demi Moore. Demi Moore. Doesn't more. Demi mean like demi half like half a as little much. bit
2: half half as much? Yeah. Demi half half more. Yeah. Half uh, more. <laughs> Anyway, well, <laughs> yeah, she's in, but anyway, it's great Junkie. It's the follow-up to Better Off Dead, which we've done an episode on. So, yeah. uh excited to jump back into the Savage Steve Holland uh cinematic universe.
0: Yeah, might uh people might have uh seen these movies together in a two-pack DVD somewhere. <laughs> I I think that that's probably something that exists, but uh probably no behind the scenes edition for this one. No, unless you count the Godzilla suit, a bury sand
2: edition. Yes,
0: absolutely.
2: We will talk about it more on the next episode. Yeah.
0: And, and Dan, as you board the bus with the horny old bus
1: driver, I wish you a good journey. Good journey. Euphigenia don't doubtfire, dear. I specialize in the education and entertainment of 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 entertainment. Sun. could you make me a woman showtime i know you're used to lucy but i run daggers for you daggers for you i know you're used to lucy but i run go pop pop some some neurons i know you're used to lucy dinner dinner a shunt you Such a shunt Hip-hop, bebop Dance till you drop Hip-hop, bebop